I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks, Episode 3. And kind of a quasi-bonus episode. Yeah, For totally. Friday the 13th, because two in one week. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know. I'm so excited. I love this day. Me too. I feel like it might be lucky for me. I don't think it's lucky or unlucky. Well, I mean, I'm pretty unlucky just in life. Yeah, like, same. Like, when shit can hit the fan... It will always, like, my life is Murphy's Law. Yeah. So I don't feel like it's lucky or unlucky for me. I feel like it's just another day. But it's fun because it's, like, fake spooky. Yeah, totally. Maybe I feel like it's luckier because half the people stay inside. True. And so I have a better chance at, you know, catching that green light. Can we make it lucky, like, let's win the lottery lucky? <laughs> right. Well, I would need to buy a ticket. I was going to say, meanwhile, <laughs> we don't even have the lottery in Mississippi, which right. is nuts because we have casinos. But, oh, no, we can't do the lottery in right. the Bible Belt. I don't know why I, my voice sounded all, like, shaky. Like, apparently it's old people that say that because well, I sound feeble. <laughs> it is the old people that say that. But meanwhile, we can have casinos, but no lottery. Right. Back to me saying that a lot of people don't get out. Yeah. I read about that. That's how I know. Okay. (laughs) It was estimated that 17 to 21 million people in the U.S. are affected by the fear of this day. That's crazy. But I feel like there's a phobia for everything. So it doesn't surprise me that there's a phobia for this day. Yeah. And it's called Paraskeva Daca Triophobia. Peter Piper pick a pack of pickled peppers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know when I was looking it up, I felt like it was that Aixbialidocious shit. Yeah, little Mary Poppins action uh-huh. in there. That's funny. Yes. So I had to um, YouTube how to say it. Oh, thank God for YouTube. Yes, because Wikipedia left me high and dry. They did not have the pronunciation. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. They yeah, were like, we're not even trying with that shit. Here they're like, it sounds like a pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it kind of? Yes, it what does. is it again? Paraskeva daca triophobia. <laughs> is the daca that reminds me of a pterodactyl? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh god, that's funny. But like, if you think about it, especially growing up in the South, like we have been raised on old wives' tales and superstitions and stuff, and Friday the Thirteenth is no different. Yeah, don't let someone sweep underneath your feet. Because you won't get married. I know. That's what happened to me, and I'm not married. It was true. Yeah. That's what's wrong with us. Mm -hmm. Somebody swept under our feet. That damn broom. (sighs) Get you every time. I know. Can you get a Swiffer? (laughs) (laughs) It's like when um, a black cat crosses your path, and it's bad luck. Yes. I totally X that out on my windshield. What do you mean? Like, you know, where the oil says I'm, like, way overdue for an oil change, (laughs) that sticker. I exit out with my fingers. Like you, like, touch the windshields and then you Mm -hmm. have fingerprint in it? Well, no, because it's on that little sticker. So what, it has to be in the left corner? I don't know. I'm (laughs) left-handed. Did I ever tell you that I was actually left-handed a ridge? No. Yeah. my Okay, so my dad was sort of left-handed and they his parents switched him because back in the day it was nobody it was bad to be left-handed but he said that when I was a kid I started I was doing everything in my left hand and they just like would put stuff in my right hand to make me right-handed so that my life would be easier was it I mean no well no I don't know I mean, when we were in college, you had to be, like, getting to class early so you could scope out the left-handed desk. I didn't have to do that shit. Well, I did have to do that shit because I had to go with you, but because yeah. <laughs> we were in the same class. 
did when the stuff that you read did it say anything about hotels and hospitals and stuff won't have a 13th floor yes yeah when every hospital i've worked at there's not been a 13th floor that is so crazy like well there will be one but it'll be like the mechanical floor like yeah but it doesn't make any sense though because you're just taking the label 13th off like how at airports and stuff like that they won't have the 13th okay so really 14 is 13 yeah so but again if it's a superstition it's just it's all about the appearance i guess yeah false sense of security yeah that's what life's all about (laughs) (laughs) i mean serial killers make their life with that oh you think you're secure and then they kill you true like god i suck with names the guy that is from the thing ted bundy yes Sorry, I feel like I screamed yes, but I got really excited because because in my head I was thinking on Silence of the Lambs, the guy that pretends like his arm's broken, pushing the, oh, yeah. the couch in the van. That is actually based off of Ted Bundy. Oh, he's injured. Mm-hmm. I can help him. He's not going to hurt me. He's got a broken arm. Meanwhile, it's fake. Yeah, it's like, oh, he's driving a beetle bug. Meanwhile, he doesn't have the seat, the passenger seat. Yes. Okay, so you looked all this up and it talked about the superstitions behind it. Did you find out why it's a thing? Yeah, a lot of of things are to blame for it, but there's three things that I found. First one about the Last Supper, because it had 13 guests and it's, you know, the day before the crucifixion, which is a Friday. Mm-hmm. Good Friday. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how do they know? Well, Judas was the 13th guest. Oh, and he's the bad guy, mm-hmm. the traitor, the yep. Turner Inner guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's him. One and the same. Okay. And so how do they know he was a 13th guest? Like, I mean, they didn't get like RSVPs. Like they weren't like <laughs> chiseling out invites and being like Judas plus one RSVP for this. Right. Um, He didn't have a plus one though. He was alone. Oh, well, that's why he was bitter. <laughs> He was like, I'll get you. I didn't have my plus one. All these other sons of bitches got their plus one to come. I wanted the chicken and you gave me the fish. (laughs) And now we're going to hell. I know. That ghost that was in here, it's actually a demon and it's possessed us. And we're screwed. Yeah, well, he was the 13th person to arrive, so that's how. I feel like, again, how do they know that? Um, Some things they just know. Also, the scholars, you know, the people who make this up, um, <laughs> uh, they also believe that is when Eve got Adam to eat the fruit. Now, okay, mm-hmm. I can a little bit get behind he was the 13th guest. Now, there is no, there were the only two there. Eve is like, this motherfucker blaming me for everything. <laughs> I know, I know. And he might have been hungry, God. You know, that's probably what he was doing. He was like, oh, look at that apple. It looks so good. And she, it's he so was probably red. like, Eve, I'm hungry. Eve, I'm hungry. Eve, I'm hungry. She's uh-huh. like, just eat the fucking apple. Yes. Poor Eve. Ugh. hashtag me too. <laughs> I really do support that movement. Yes. <laughs> no, oh, so you're not like Tony Robbins who just, is that yeah, the guy? Yeah, that's the guy. Oh my God. You saw all that on the yes. news with him Ugh, being like, my God. he, whatever. Yeah. That's a whole nother spiel. Yes. He needs to live his best life. He, <laughs> he needs to go back and watch Shallow Howl that he was in. Yeah. Banana hands. And be, <laughs> and be like, oh, be nice to people. Also, another thing is Abel committed the first murder by killing his brother Cain on Friday the 13th. Bigger than those things, I think these two things, it'll solidify that Friday the 13th shit does go down. October 13th, 1989, the stock market crashed. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. that was the crash of 89. (laughs) 
<laughs> yep, that one. <laughs> okay, so for real, for real, this one, you're going to be like, whoa, mind fucking blown. Okay, I'm ready. I mean, you might know it and whatever, but 1996, September 13th, Tupac was killed. Well, Tupac, he had beef with who? Was it Notorious B.I.G.? I don't think so. I think they were friends. Oh, I wonder who it was. I have no idea. Uh, was it Suge Knight? No, Suge Knight was the driver of the car. Oh. They thought Suge Knight did it because he left the scene. Oh. But he was like, get me the hell out of Dodge because I'm not trying to die. Yeah. And so, but he was driving the car. Well, I have that mini series recorded. I just haven't watched it about oh. Tupac and Biggie. I didn't watch that. I know what you're talking about, but I didn't watch yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know what it came on. Getting back to Friday the 13th and all those factoids I'm going to throw at you. Uh-huh. An estimated 17 to 21 million people in the U.S. are affected by that fear of this day. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. 17 million, you said? 17 to 21 million people. They say that some people are so paralyzed that they they avoid their normal routines. So it's been estimated that up to 900 million is lost. Like in productivity and revenue uh-huh. and stuff? In oh business. Oh my gosh. Because like people day. don't want to fly or anything like that. Oh, yeah. It's a crazy day, but like, I love it. Yeah. And I like the like kind of fear, like not even fear, but like the superstition and the like. It's just eerie. Yeah. And well, and you fun. kind of relate it to, even though it's not Halloween, Always, like, you kind of relate it to Halloween, Day of the Dead. It has that, like, scary feel to it. Yes. Uh, speaking of Halloween, they're going to make another one. I think it's, like, the final uh, movie, and Jamie Lee Curtis is coming back. Wasn't she in the other one? Wasn't she just in one with them? That was, like, H2O, but this oh. is, like, final. Final until this one makes a crap ton of money and they make another final? Mm-hmm, and I'll be to that final, too. Okay. <laughs> you know, I think I only... I don't I don't really know that I've I think I've seen one of them all the way through. I don't like the old ones that much, but I love the Rob Zombie remake, his first one. The second one was really weird, but the first one was a freaking amazing. Well, and you know me though, I like like for scary movies, I like more psychological thrillers than like crazy like you know, like, well, I guess that's <laughs> from Psycho, and that is a psychological thriller. So any more factoids you want to throw at me about that? Um, That's it. <laughs> okay. So, okay. In honor of Friday the 13th being a little scary, uh-huh. a little ghosty murdery, uh-huh. I am going to do a story. Okay, so you know how every single night I go to bed watching Investigation Discovery? Like, yes. I have it on my TV, and I set my sleep timer so it goes off yeah. while I'm sleeping. And so, like, clearly stuff like that doesn't scare me because I go to bed watching it. Right. There was an episode of Your Worst Nightmare on Investigation Discovery that legit scared me. Like, in really? you know how you get that, like, in the pit of your stomach scared? Yeah. Like, that's, that's how it scared me. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait. And that's the story I'm going to tell. Okay. Have you ever heard of Daniel LaPlante? No. I think it's LaPlante. It's L-A-P-L-A-N-T-E. Oh, La wait. LaPlante A. La Pla- yeah. LaPlante Okay, no. We're we're Facebook friends. Oh, I don't think you are. He's in jail. <laughs> um, hello. <Spoiler> alert. <laughs> I call him. I put some money on his commissary. <laughs> Y'all are pen pals? Mm-hmm. Conjugal visits? No, nah, he's not allowed that for like, you know, 10 more years. Oh, okay. And it's all the way in Massachusetts. So there's that. Yeah. Can't fly on Friday, Friday the 13th. The 13th. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we know that because we talked about him being in jail. So we know he's in jail for murder. Yeah. Okay? So I'm going to give you a little bit of background of him because okay. I don't know, 99.999% of murderers. He had a pretty traumatic childhood. Okay? okay. So he was born in 1970 in Townsend, Massachusetts. And there's not a whole lot known about his upbringing except for the fact that it was awful. 
like there's not a lot of like specifics about it, but we know that he, we, because, you know, we, <laughs> from the articles I read, know. Or the letters that he's wrote me. Oh, true, true. That he puts he, his cologne on there. Stop. And I put it underneath my pillow. I can't even with you. <laughs> can't even with you. Okay, sorry. Okay. That, but he suffered um, sexual and psychological abuse from multiple adults oh, in his life. Bless I know, it. but mainly from his father. Oh, I, I know. hate that. I know. They say that his his dad tormented him physically, emotionally, and sexually on the reg. Fuck his dad. I know. I know. And that he does he kill his dad? I'm not telling you. Okay, I'm sorry. But no. <laughs> <laughs> But so, and a lot of this background too, like he had some run-ins with the law, but because he was a minor, it's yeah. sealed. Yeah. Which I feel is not fair. To an extent though, because I mean, you got to give people the chance to, like people screw up when they're kids. Yeah. But it depends on what they screw up. Like, yeah. I mean, if you like rape somebody, then no, yeah. that should be. Or if you murder like several dogs, that should be on your record because that is definitely prereq for a sociopath mm-hmm, for one of our episodes. Yes. Um, okay. So he had this awful childhood at home, but not only did he have an awful childhood at home, he struggled in school. He was really socially awkward. Um, and then he struggled academically. He was diagnosed with dyslexia and mm. um, they said that he had a hyperactivity disorder. They didn't say it was like that it was ADHD or anything. They just said he had a hyperactivity disorder. Because he probably couldn't afford to go and get diagnosed. Or his dad was too busy sexually abusing him and didn't give a shit. Who cares if you suck in school? Come be yeah. in my sex life. I mean, you know what I mean? Ugh. Like, he had a hard time in school. Like, it, they said that uh, the kids would say that he's weird and or creepy and all of that. And that, you know, with this social awkwardness, he would... Um, just behave oddly and then he didn't care about his appearance so he would be like dirty and mm-hmm. like kind of greasy looking and that like his clothes were dirty kind of thing and he just didn't care to look presentable and he didn't yeah. you know it wasn't like I think he was traumatized by the kids like saying he's creepy and weird but mm-hmm. then again he had he didn't care either yeah you know it makes me so sad to think about that and I try to think back on my time in school I mean I didn't pick on anyone but I'm just trying to think of people who were picked on and stuff because I was reading an article about the family from California with the kids who were really malnourished. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like they, the like, they like locked them up. They like yeah. would keep them in chains and yeah. stuff. Yeah, there was like 12 of them. Mm-hmm. One of those kids, before they moved to California, I think they lived in Texas, I want to say. Could be completely wrong on this, but it was an article from one of her classmates and they made fun of her because she stunk and she didn't, she only had like one pair of clothes that oh she would wear gosh. and stuff. And they didn't know that she goes home and gets locked to her fucking bed yeah. and stuff. And it's like, but kids don't know, yes. but they, we need to talk about that more. Like there's usually an underlying thing with teachers and everything. Well, I was going to say, and it's like, how do you teach a kid that level of empathy at those young ages first of all yeah but and then also how do you teach a kid that comes from a loving family that not everyone comes from a loving family yeah. but then also it's like why didn't the teachers notice anything yeah how did they not go okay this kid has come in every single day this week with the same clothes with no food with no you know yeah I mean, <laughs> it's because teachers are overworked underpaid and usually not staffed properly. Yeah, I was going to say, with a classroom of 35, yeah. like the teachers in Oklahoma that are striking right now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just sad. Like, and when I hear this, it's like, of course, he had a terrible home life. And of course, he looked like that. And then I try to think back, 
who who is that in our grade? Yeah. You know, and it's just sad. Like, and how, we, like we missed somebody. I know we did. You, yeah, it's that kind of introspection that you get as an adult that mm-hmm. you clearly couldn't have had as a kid because you don't, you, you can't. Yeah. You're not developmentally there. Right. Sorry to go off no, on that okay. thing. No, it's okay. No, no, no. I liked it. Okay. So you know how I said that he was diagnosed with hyperactivity yeah. disorder. They didn't really say what was going on. But so at some point, it doesn't really say whether it was through the school or from an outside source. He did go to a psychiatrist. Oh, well, good. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yes, this is like this could be this big turning point in his life. Yeah. Where he goes to the psychiatrist and gets help. But it wasn't. Oh, that psychiatrist sexually abused him. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um. So one of the articles that I read was saying that just like his dad, it was another man in his life who was who's been trusted to care mm-hmm. for him and just adds on to his trauma and abuse and his psychological state. Yeah. So in his early teens, he starts being kind of like a small time thief. So in the evenings, he like breaks into people's houses around the area and um, he'll steal their valuables and all. But when I totally thought you were going to say stole their vibrators. I was, oh, I was like, well, okay, I mean, that's a fetish, I guess. <laughs> he needed batteries. God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's great. But one thing that he would do with his burglaries is it sparked a something in him where he likes to like torment people. Like he likes to play with people's emotions. Oh my god. And so while he was breaking and entering, mm-hmm. um he would like move things around in people's homes so like they didn't notice it right off, yeah. but then they would be like, "Wait, Something's different in here. Like, so he liked that, like, mind game of kind of moving things around to let people know that someone was there, but they're not 100% sure, and they certainly don't know who it is. So it was like he liked that mind game. Oh, my God. If he would have turned my pictures crooked, that would have like sent me. Like the Sally House? Yes. Oh, my God. Well, it reminded, that reminds me of an episode of, we watch a lot of TV, apparently. Yes. I can relate everything back to TV. <laughs> um, it reminds me of an episode of Blue Bloods, like when it first came out, that the character Jamie, the beat cop, him and his partner were going to this house of this girl that stuff would be moving around her house. Yes. And she was like, wh- like, Stuff's getting moved around. Somebody's, and she kept calling the police, mm-hmm. and they were like, There's nobody here. Her brother was wanting to admit her into a psychiatric unit, like something's wrong with her, blah, 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 blah. So Jamie helped her set up a camera, and nobody knew but her and Jamie that they set up the camera, and it ended up being her brother moving stuff. <sighs> Because he wanted to put her in a psychiatric unit and to take her inheritance. Oh, my gosh. So he could have it all. Yeah. So, I don't know. It just reminded me of that. Yeah. They probably got that from this. (laughs) Right. Okay. So, in 1986 is when kind of the big changes are happening with Danny. We're going to call him Danny. I mean, that's his name. I mean, he does write me... I mean, y'all are on a first name basis. Yes. Do you call him Dan? No, we just... We're like D&D. Oh. Yeah. Okay. His it's, dragon goes into my dungeon. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I am dead. I don't even, like, I can't even muster a laugh for that. I'm so dead. I can't, like, I don't even know how to respond. That was uh, good, though. Does that make me a fire crunch? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> Damn. You got like a, like a GD out of me on that one. <laughs> oh, my God. That was great. Okay. Sorry, Mom. If you're listening. 
<sighs> okay, so for the next part, it's not really clear exactly how this happened, but this is what the kind of gist of what people think ha- happened. Okay, what had happened was. Yes. So they think that one of the houses that he burglarized, he got the phone number from the house. Like, I don't know if it was like a mail or something like that. They probably had it on their phone because we used to have that. <gasps> we did too. <laughs> it, well, at Grandma's, I think it was. I don't know. I may have made that up. I don't know. No, we really did. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I guess in case like you forgot your number and you needed to <laughs> rattle it off to somebody. I don't know. Okay. So like I said, they think that maybe he got the phone number from the house and he knew that the house belonged to this family of three. It was a dad and two daughters. Um, the daughters were Annie and Jessica Andrews, and they were about the same age as Big D. So with that phone number, because they were about his age, Danny started calling it. So it was like the original hotline bling. So he started calling there and told them that he had been given their number by a friend because they that they all went to the same high school. And he told them that he was a good-looking athlete, that oh, he was well-educated. Oh, he was educated. the original catfish. Yes. He said that he was... I, this cracks me up. He said he was well-educated and blonde. <laughs> Blondes do have more fun, apparently. Oh, God. Is he Hitler? He was really Hitler reincarnated. And yeah. he was like, who is the perfect specimen? Ooh, blonde. Blonde, well-educated <laughs> athlete. Yeah. Um, so Annie Andrews developed like a little relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, that's who he would talk to the most on the phone. And he asked her out on a date. Ooh. Which you know this is going to go south. Like, oh, dude, yes. you're catfishing her. You told her you were blonde. You're not. You have brown hair. Yeah. Well, he could bleach his hair. You know, he'd be looking like one of those Van- Von Trapp kids. <laughs> Or Adam Levine right now because yes. he God that hair is awful. <sighs> he's so hot with his black hair. I don't. He's not hot to me. I'm like, can you eat a biscuit? Like he's too skinny for me. He could eat my biscuit. Oh my god. <laughs> he could butter it. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, from vibrators to butter and biscuits. <laughs> This is why we have an E next to it. This is why we're explicit. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's great. Okay. But how am I single? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So Danny shows up at the house, and clearly he's not a blonde athlete. Yeah. He's disheveled and, like we said, greasy. Oh, he didn't even bathe for this? No. I love. Okay, listen. One of the articles that I found, this is exactly what it says. Her blind date was disheveled, greasy, dark-haired boy with no attractive features whatsoever. God. I know. Savage God. as fuck. Right? I mean, cut him some, I mean, I don't know. Maybe don't cut him some slack. He's a murderer, but. I mean, he might have good cuticles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, because he's greasy. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I get it. <laughs> Way to um see the silver lining in that. Yeah, well, he showed me a picture of him. Oh, okay, okay. When he sent you that letter. Holding his dragon. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when you crack yourself up. (laughs) So Annie was a better person than we are because she was like, all right, he's not who he said he was, but I'm going to go ahead and go with him to the fair. No, that's how most people are, especially on Lifetime, when there's people like the men they're like, oh, I'm 16 too. And then they meet them and they're like 45. And the girls are like, well, okay. And then they all end up dead. Hashtag I watched to catch a predator. 
Right. So they go to the local fair, Mm -hmm. and they're only there for like an hour. So a little backstory about Annie and Jessica. Their mom had just died of cancer, Uh Um, and so it was just them and their dad. Yeah. And it was said that when Annie was out on the date with Danny, that he was, like, oddly interested in her mom dying. Oh, really? Like, that he would ask a lot of, like, weird questions, like, stuff like, again, this is their first date. And he'd be like, how did you feel? Like, how sad were you? And and stuff like that. Like, how, like, the moment your mom died, what did it feel like? How much did she suffer? Like, that kind of stuff. Well, at least he cared about her. It was the first date and it was an hour. That's a little too far. It was speed dating. Oh, God. Just because that's how you and Danny date over your pen pal <laughs> He ship? is my boyfriend. After the date, fast forward. Okay. So Annie and her sister, Jessica, they are, because like I said, their mom had died pretty recently. And so they were like, let's do a seance in our basement. Oh, no. Yes. Let's do a seance and let's see if we can connect with mom. Okay. So when they're doing the seance, they start hearing like um, a rhythmic knocking on the bedroom walls. <gasps> Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so they think from the seance, they're like, holy shit, we actually connected with somebody. Yeah. Like, this is this is mom talking to us. Because yeah. they would ask questions, and then the knocks would answer them. So through the seance, they had the conversations with their mom with the knocking on the wall. Yeah. Well, then the seance ended, but the knocking didn't. <gasps> and so they were like, fuck. We opened a portal. They conjured something. Something shit. We should not have used that Ouija board. Yeah. Which is why I won't use one. For real. Because I really do feel like that that just opens you up to stuff that you are not prepared for. Totally. So the knockings became like regular in the house. And the thing with the girls is that their dad was now a single parent. Yeah. And so just to make ends meet, he had to work the night shift. Oh, gosh. So they were always alone at night, which is why they're like in the basement doing a seance with a Ouija board and nobody's around to say anything to be yeah. like, don't close, don't open that portal. Yeah. So their dad's not home at night. And but why were they in the basement then if he's not even home? Um, Because they heard about the Sally house and they knew that that's where the <laughs> portal was. <laughs> they said, here's your welcome, Matt. Come on. Um, I don't know. And yeah. I also think it's weird that they heard they're in the basement, but then they heard the knocks in the, the bedroom door. I mean, in the bedroom walls. So yeah, those details may not be exact. It's just what a couple yeah. of things have said. So like I said, the, the knockings became commonplace. Like every night they would hear the knockings and weird shit started happening. So they would be in a room and then leave it to go sit and watch TV or something. When they come back, stuff would be in different places. Like stuff would be strolling out across the room. Oh my god! Yeah. Like they would be in the living room and like leave to go to their bedroom and then come back and furniture would be in different places like across the room like it would be switched yeah and so they were like holy crap like this is this wasn't mom we were talking to this is this is a demon like this is some we really have done something this wasn't mom the whole time yeah we done did it so they tell their dad brian about it because they're like look something's going on stuff's moving yeah something's happening and he was like this is stupid Y'all are like, he thought that they were making it up. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, just for attention because he was working the night shift and they were by themselves. And so he was like, they're just, they just want attention, mm-hmm. you know, or they're not, they're not dealing with their mom's death. And so this is just like their outlet for it. Yeah. So in January of 1987, the, the knocking that they were hearing in their, in the bedrooms and like in the walls of the house had become such commonplace that they were like over it. Like it just was like, this is an obnoxious, like, yeah. It wasn't even scary to them anymore because it was just happening all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, but this one night, they heard the noise in the basement and not in their 
like on in the walls of the rooms and yeah. living room. So I can just like picture this because I feel like this is something that you and I would do. Um, Annie, who was older, she got her kitchen knife <laughs> and had Jessica walking behind her. And I can like just like see me and you being like, what the hell is that noise? Yes. And so like I've got the kitchen knife and I'm like, this is like our plot. If we like legit, if we're like in a like New Orleans or something, and we're like, yeah. okay, I've got the mace or I've got this like. I'll hit them, you start running, and yeah. then I'll catch up with you. Like I can, So I can see us like walking down the basement like me with a knife. Um, so they, they decide to go check it out because they're like, okay, well, this is new, like in the basement because it had been in the bedrooms and the, and the living room and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they get to the basement, and written in blood was, I'm in your room, come find me. <gasps> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I would have been like... No. Bye. Yes. So, of course, they, like, hauled ass out of there. And so ran to the neighbor's house and were like, was like, call dad. Shit. You know, yes. something happened. Call dad. So their dad comes home and he is like, this is bullshit. Y'all did this. He It ends up being ketchup and not blood. Oh, my God. I was hoping that it wasn't blood from, like, a pet. Yeah. And so he was like, this is, y'all have to stop this. You know, because, again, they had been calling him, like, hearing all these noises. It's yeah. been going on for a while. And he's like, um, makes him go to counseling. Because he's like, this, he thinks that it's um, attention-seeking yeah. behavior, that they're creating these situations to get him to come home. At least they sent him, he sent them to counseling. Not just punish them. Yes. Right. Yeah. So he was like, they're clearly struggling with losing their mom. And they're, again, attention-seeking and they're making all this happen, so I'm going to send them to counseling. Yeah. So several weeks after that, mm-hmm. where they get sent to counseling and seen the sign that says, I'm in your room, I mean, the message that said, I'm in your room, come and find me. The girls are at home alone again because it's night and their dad's working. Um, And they start to hear the knocking again. And this time it's in Annie's bedroom. And so the girls are like, all right, here we go again. Yeah. You know, like, let's, we're going to figure this out. So Annie armed with her kitchen knife and Jessica coming in behind her. <laughs> They go up to the. They go up to her bedroom. I got a chill thinking I know, about I this. I know. Legit, this is the like only episode that I have been like truly scared watching. Yeah. Well, because I'm thinking about this, I would be freaked out. Freaking because these girls are like maybe in high school. Yeah. You know? Okay. So they hear the noise coming out of, out of. I'm sorry, Annie's room, and so they start to go up the stairs with their knife in hand. When they get to Annie's bedroom. On the wall, it says, I'm back. Find me if you can. <gasps> uh, nope. Gotta go. Yes. Well, I love one of the articles I said, I found said the girls like telling it from their point of view, even though it wasn't them. And it yeah. had like in quotes that they were like, hell no. <laughs> like ran. <laughs> hell to the no. Um, so the girls were like, hell no, and ran to the neighbor. Okay. So, but how would the dad not know his own daughter's like writing because i feel like if i was writing with ketchup it would still be your handwriting yeah yeah i don't know i think that he again i'm i'm like feel like i'm projecting but i feel like he was so probably distraught himself and yeah he was projecting onto them assuming that this was their grief yeah when it was really kind of his own that he wasn't dealing with and didn't know how to damn we he should pay us for this Psych 101, thank you. <laughs> Investigation discovery, thank you. Yes. Also, the thing that the article that I was telling you about that was like telling it from the girl's point of view, mm-hmm. I thought it was cute when it said for the message, I'm back, find me if you can. It said, the girls declined the invitation. <laughs> Okay, so, of course, they go back over to the neighbor's house. It's like, call dad. So dad comes home from work. Brian, the dad, is like, okay, I'm I'm over this. I'm going back into the house. Like, this is so stupid. Like, I'm proving that this is y'all once and for all kind of thing. Yeah. So when they went over to the neighbor's, 
they brought the neighbor to the house and was like, look at this. Yeah. And, um, like call dad. And so when the dad gets home, um, or when he gets there, he talks to the neighbor and the and the kids. And so he's like, okay, look, I'm, I'm over this. I'm going to go look in this house. But I know it's y'all. Y'all have to stop. But okay, I'm going to go look. Yeah. When he gets into the house, he notices that it's it's way worse than they said it was. Like there's uh-huh. shit everywhere. Like it's just way disheveled more than the na- even the because he because then it was like okay the neighbor said he saw this stuff like yeah he said something was going on so he had you know he was like all right let me go in and look this is when it gets whew. okay Brian gets into the room into Annie's room because that's where the um I'm back come and find me was so he goes into Annie's room and there was a new message painted on the wall okay. and it said marry me. Oh, my gosh. So, Brian turns around and looks on the other side of the room, and he sees a young boy standing dressed in his dead wife's clothes. <gasps> it is. <laughs> oh, my God. I think you just sucked all the air out of the room. <laughs> the The boy. I is... thought you were going to say, like, in a suit. No. The boy was wearing the mom's makeup wedding dress and in a blonde wig holding a hatchet. Well, he was blonde, at least. (laughs) (laughs) And that young boy was Danny LaPlante. What the fuck? So he was draped in the dead wife's wedding dress. His face was splashed with war paint. And where so one thing says he's wearing like like females makeup and one thing is like he's wearing like war paint. Um, The episode that I saw on Investigation Discovery, he was like. It was like a white face. Like, you know how back in the old, old days, like when they would wear, like revolutionary time when they would wear really white powder. Oh, yeah. With like yeah. the colored lips, like kind of like that. Like it, it, his makeup was really, really white in that episode. So when he sees Danny LaPlante standing there with the hatchet, he starts swinging. Danny does with the hatchet. Oh, I thought you meant the dad. I was no. like, uh, no, he has a hatchet. No. Danny starts swinging with a hatchet. <gasps> so Brian, like, somehow does, like, Matrix-style dodge in the hatchet and runs to the neighbor's house. And they call the police. Like, so so Brian, like I said, Matrix-style dodges the hatchet and yeah. runs to the neighbor's house, but nobody follows him. Danny doesn't run after him. Okay. And so they call the police, and the police come right out, and they start looking through the house, and they're like, where the fuck did he go? Yeah. So they, like I said, they found out that all the messages were actually written in ketchup. And so they're like, okay, where where did he go? And the police officers are searching around and they find a hidden crawl space behind a cupboard, which was built into the wall of Annie's bedroom. <gasps> oh, my gosh. When the police officer opened the hatch. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I have chill bumps. When the police officer opened the hatch, he discovered Danny LaPlante curled up inside. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So they remove him from the crawl space and put him under arrest. Well, how did he not, he didn't have his hatchet with him? I don't guess. I guess he just, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't there. He doesn't write me in prison. Oh, he my God. You. Yeah, I have so many questions for him. Oh, that next letter is going to be so long. Oh, yeah. And so, first, I'm going to be like, was it great value or Heinz? <laughs> <laughs> I need to know. I don't want no scrub. <laughs> Okay, so the officers, like, do, like, a thorough search of the house, and they find that LaPlante had been living in the walls of the home. So all that knocking, all that time, was LaPlante. Yeah, Was Danny. They found that he had tunneled extra 
ways like through the house like it's besides that one little kind of hidden built-in yeah. area off of annie's room it was all over the house that he had made oh my god that's so scary and that he had peepholes scattered out <gasps> throughout the house so that he could follow annie like no matter what room she was in he could see her oh my god oh my god yes so that's when it was like, like I said, kind of all coming together that he the whole time had been the one that was pretending to be the ghost of their mom and that they think they don't have proof of it, that his plan was to like the marry me thing was not uh-huh. meant for Brian to see. It was meant for the girls to see and for him to reveal himself to the girls as their dead mom. I just think it's weird that like, why does it say marry me to Annie? She was the one that was supposed to find it, which I get like he was in love with her. She ditched him on that blind date even though she went and didn't completely ditch him but yeah. he was obsessed with her from that and so i get the marry me part what i don't get is why he dresses her dead mother yeah that so it's is like, crazy so you like so you know that the marry me was for annie to find and that he was probably going to kill her and her sister when they found it yeah but ended up being her dad that came in because they ran next door right but I, so it's like I, I just i mean you can't reason or find logic in the unreasonable, but right. I'd still, I just, I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. That following year, he was placed into a juvenile facility, and he stayed there until October of 1987. <laughs> so as soon as he is released, because he's released, because he didn't, I mean, he just technically wow. was like trespassing and stuff. Wow. Mm-hmm. So he was released. In November, he started his robberies again. So like a month after he was released. Yeah. When in November, when one of the houses that he robbed, he, he stole two handguns. Oh, lovely. He was like, no more hatchet. This is going to get the job done. The hatchet didn't work. Look, you know, Matrix dodged. It happened. (laughs) Brian got away. No more hatchet. Let's go with the guns. Right. So on December 1st, 1987, Danny broke into the Gustafsson house. And that house was about um, half a mile from from his house. There in the house when he broke into it, Priscilla, who's 33, and her two children, Abigail and William, who are seven and five. Oh, bless Were it. in the house. Priscilla's husband, Andrew, was at work when the when he invaded the home. So when Andrew gets home from work, he finds Priscilla laying face down in her bed with all of her pillows covered in dry blood. Oh, my gosh. She had been raped <gasps> and shot multiple times in the head at point blank range. Oh, my gosh. So Andrew calls the police, and then he discovers the bodies of his two children in two different bathtubs. No. Five-year-old William, and one thing said seven, one article said eight-year-old Abigail. Bless it. They both were drowned in separate bathtubs. (gasps) Drowned? Yes. Was the girl sexually assaulted? It didn't say. It just said that the mom was. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. So, you know, they, they're looking at, like, he escalated pretty quickly, though. He yeah. went, I mean, granted, I mean, he had lived in somebody's walls, which is very high. Yeah, and that's escalation. I mean, well, it's not escalation. That's serious. He had lived yeah. in those walls. But he escalated from just living in somebody's walls and scaring somebody to murder. And they talked well, about. Well, he wanted to murder. True. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, But what they think, too, is that. um. Like how you said he got rid of the hatchet and went to the guns was that he didn't have the confidence or the physical strength to subdue them. Yeah. And so they found restraints in the house, too. And so what they think that he did was came in guns blazing with Uh the restraints, restrained them because there was three people in the house. Yeah. And killed Priscilla first. She would be the hardest one to 
subdue, killed her first and then killed the kids. Well, at least he killed her first and not, she didn't have to like witness him. Her, him drowning her kids. I know. God. I know. So it didn't take long for the authorities to figure out it was him. And nothing I read really said how they figured out it was him so quickly, but. He probably wrote in ketchup. Well, (laughs) but I think they did say that he had moved things around kind of like previous MO when he would burglarize. So I'm going to imagine that that might be why. When they kind of figured out it was him, he had already fled the area. So they started a manhunt looking for him and um, they were like, he's armed. He's very dangerous. And given that he hid in walls for so long, there's no telling where he's hiding. I was about to say, he loves hide and seek. He was good at it. Uh For months, he hid in their walls. Meanwhile, what were his parents doing? So a few towns over, he broke into a woman's home and kidnapped her in like and her vehicle. I don't know why he kidnapped her and just take the car, but he kidnapped her. She eventually escaped and somebody else that had seen his picture like on the news Uh um, reported him. And so after 48 hours of the manhunt, he was found hiding in a dumpster Mm. when they they took him into custody. And, you know, they like took his like, I don't know how they would do it, but I'm assuming like took all his clothes off for evidence and stuff. They found one of Abigail's hairs. In his sock. And so that was just like the forensic proof of, okay, he actually did this. One year later, um, so I think that would have been in 88, he was sentenced to three life sentences for murder. Oh, my gosh. But wait, there's more. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Some stuff says like he's been this model prisoner and, um, and all of this stuff. But he did in 2000, like... I think it was 2014, tried to sue the prison system because he said they violated his religious rights because he says he's a practicing Satanist and that they wouldn't provide him with sufficient material to perform his um, satanic rituals. But nothing what ever came What does he need? A goat? Like... Uh, a wedding dress, a blonde wig. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It I gotta say. have my outfit. <laughs> I know. I'm not complete without my blonde hair. <laughs> Um, I need my rouge. So he was trying to do all these appeals and that sort of thing. And but they were like, you know, he's not rehabilitated like he has no remorse. In 2017, though, he he, this was a quote that he finally sent out, but nobody's buying it. He said, I do not have the words to fully express my profound sorrow. I am truly sorry for the harm I have caused from the very essence of who I am, from the depth of my soul. I am sorry. A couple of years ago, um, one of the highest courts in Massachusetts had ruled that you can't sentence juveniles to life in prison without parole. And so he had been sentenced to three life sentences without parole. Uh And so and so they had to do a resentencing hearing. Mm -hmm. And this was in March of last year. So he was resentenced. There was some kind of talk about should he be sentenced to those three life sentences, serving them consecutively or concurrently. The judge ruled that he's not rehabilitated, that he is just now starting to show sorrow, and it's only because the law was changed and nobody's buying it. Yeah. And so um, she, re- the judge, she um, resentenced him to the maximum possible punishment, which is three consecutive life sentences with the opportunity for parole after 45 years from the date of his conviction. So in 15 years, he'll be eligible for parole. But I seriously doubt he's going to get it. But, wow. I hope he doesn't. Yeah. So there's a couple of pictures that we'll link in the show notes because mm-hmm. this picture, did I, sh- did I show you that picture? Yes. His eyes look so yes, like dead, ter- like terrifying. Uh-huh. 
I don't know. I just thought it was just the thought of someone hiding in your walls and, you know, these kids thinking that they're doing this seance with, and they're connecting with their m- dead mother. Yes. And it's really him knocking. You know, I just, can you imagine? No, that is fucking scary. Yes. So that is the story of Danny LaPlante and the only episode of Your Worst Nightmare, the only ID episode ever to, like, truly, I was like gave me a pit in my stomach yeah that was a lot that it is a lot it is it's just so scary too that he had peepholes everywhere i yeah like all i can picture is like just seeing his eyeball like Like look around oh my gosh well and you know just the you're not safe in your own home yeah just the invasion and the there's a word i can't think of right now but just not even just the invasion of privacy but the just the invasion of your safety I think the most terrifying is him being in their mom's wedding dress. Could you imagine like, reading something that you thought was blood that said, marry me on the wall. And you turn around and see a guy with a blonde wig wearing your dead wife's wedding dress holding a hatchet? No. Literally, I would not be in that house. Once I saw I'm in your room, come and find me. I'm back. Come find me. Yeah, you were right. The first one was I'm in your room. Come find me. And the second one was, I'm back. Find me if you can. Ugh, the first one, I would have been like, I'm not staying there. Take me to my aunt's. Take me to my grandmother's because I'm not staying in here. See, and to me, the scariest one was, I'm back. Find me if you can. Yeah. Like, not because the because when he did that one was when the knocking was like coming from different places. And so it was like, you know, at least on the for me, at least in the first one, he's like, I'm in your room. Meanwhile, I'd be, like, sleeping with my dad or my sister. But on the second one, it was like, I'm back. Come find me. You have yeah. no idea where is that spirit or person or, you know, they had no idea what it was. They yeah. thought it was just what they thought was their mom's ghost. And then they're like, oh, my God, it's a demon. Yeah. Well, um, let's creep it real, as you would say. We yes. wouldn't have started with the freaking seance of, well, we do a seance, but we wouldn't be doing a damn Ouija board. And, you know, it's like nature versus nurture. How much of it is because his dad treated did those things to him and how mm-hmm. much of it was just ingrained in him? Like, are you know, naturally yes. predisposed to that? Or, you know, is it that combination of both? Where I think it's both. He had that and then he had it in him to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then it was fueled by his awful childhood. Yeah, I think it's honestly, in my opinion, like 60-40. 60 nurture, 40 nature. Yeah. So, yeah, that's Danny LaPlante. I'm going to stop writing him. He's scary. He, I mean, he could give you some good makeup tips, I bet. Yes, totally. Teach you how to curl your hair. <sighs> I use my toilet paper rolls. <laughs> secure it with my shank. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs the hairpin, uh, giggling granny? I've got a shank. <laughs> oh, God. Damn. If you didn't listen to the episode two, go back and listen because yes. it'll make more sense. Yeah, you won't giggle about it, though. No. Now it's time for my creepy story, which I think might not be as creepy as yours. (laughs) (laughs) It really did creep me out. Like, I've been looking over my shoulder or thinking, oh, my gosh. Like, that time that I misplaced something, was that me or was that someone moving shit? I know. I told you it's legit is the only episode that has truly, like, gave me that pit in my stomach scared. If someone... Comes at me wearing my mom's muumu. I'm gonna die <laughs> with her stretchy pants and her flip flops. Yes, she got her flippy floppies. <laughs> oh, that is great. Oh my gosh, I'll be like, um, halt in the name of the Lord. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, sorry. Enough talking about my boyfriend. <laughs> 
Okay, so this is going to be the story of Robert the doll. <laughs> Your face. I was not expecting a doll. <laughs> oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. This is going to be creepy. Yes. Okay, so he is believed to be one of the most haunted dolls in America. <gasps> Even more than Chucky? He was actually the, the inspiration. For Chucky. Oh my gosh. Yes. So, beginning of this story takes place in 1904. So, you know those dolls were creepy AF back then. Mm hmm. Um, It was in Key West, Florida, where things get weird. Yes. Florida is cray cray. Yes. Um, there's a podcast that's called Felonious Florida. That's funny. I was like, oh, that's catchy and so freaking true. So picture it. Robert Eugene Otto was four years old. He was given a doll that was three feet tall, which would be life size for yeah. him. Yeah. It was made of fabric stuffed with straw. Time out. I had a doll that was tall like that too. And I had, um, I can't remember if it was her dress or just a matching dress. It was that pink, it was a pink dress and it had, came with heels. Oh my god! I totally gosh. have a picture of me in it and it is great. <laughs> I'm going to need to see that. One of the stories says that Robert was given the doll by a servant who had been mistreated because Robert's parents were assholes, you know? (sighs) Yes. They were really rich, had many servants, and they were known to be fucking assholes. That's always the start to a story. I know. I know. So they say that she had cursed the doll using voodoo to get back at them for being at the so, parents. Yeah. But throughout the years, people discovered that it was actually given to Robert by his grandfather and he purchased the doll in Germany. However, it's almost equally as scary. The doll was never meant to be a doll. <gasps> it was meant to be a mannequin and a clown display. Oh, uh-uh. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Yes. I'm like, mm, that might trump voodoo. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know what made his grandfather like, hey, that scary ass thing. <laughs> My grandson would really love that. Yes. That's weird. Yes. Okay. So back to the story. Time out. Did you ever find, did you find a picture of the doll? Mm-hmm. You going to put it in the show notes? Because mm-hmm. I'm dying to see. Yeah. I'm going to show you in just a second. Okay. Yes. I'm going to let you hear all of this. And then see it. Mm-hmm. Let it marinate. And then when you see it, you're going to be like... I'm not going to sleep for a week. Marley. Marley's already lit over it. She is like, guys. She's like, "Uh, can I have that doll? I want to play with it. (laughs) Does it have a squeaker? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, gosh. She loves a squeaker. (laughs) (laughs) If I had a said, that's what she said. (laughs) (sighs) Friday the 13th. What can we say? It makes us frisky. (laughs) Frisky Friday. Take that, Lindsay Lowen. (laughs) <laughs> hey, and Jamie Lee Curtis was in that. Oh, yes. Full circle Fuck. right there. Okay, so the boy, Robert, became totally obsessed with the doll right from the start. He uh, dressed the doll in his own sailor outfit and gave him his own pet lion. So he named the doll Robert, and he started going by Gene, as in Eugene, his middle name. That's weird. Mm-hmm. He said Robert was the doll's name. Like, he deserved that name, and he would be Gene from now on. How old was this kid? Four. <gasps> yes. Okay. So, he would take it everywhere. Okay. Did not leave home without Robert. Old Robbie Rob was his sidekick. In his own sailor outfit. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yes. Um, he made people feed him at dinner. Okay. 
and demand that people talk to Robert as if he were real. And they're rich enough that people have to fucking they, do it. <laughs> yes. Those poor servants were like, fuck, this doll. <laughs> yes. So things begin to get kind of weird because... Kind, now they're weird? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just like, oh, he's a little off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It gives him character. <laughs> but so things get weird when the parents could hear Gene talking to Robert. Okay. So they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's got his little friend. Well, he's pretend. He's playing pretend. Yeah. Well, then they notice that Gene's talking, but then a voice is answering <gasps> him. That's really deep. And it's not a voice that Gene could go because, you know, his boss hasn't dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you wrote that as a side note in your notes for this. No, that you I didn't. Said, Dash his balls. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, that is great. That's funny though. I wish I did. <laughs> no, you came up with that on the fly, which is even better. <laughs> so they were like, "Um, that's weird. Weird, but you know, like we're not seeing it. It's in his room. Yeah, like whatever. Could be a servant talking to him. Who knows." True. Everybody always reasoning things away, and it's yes, not. Don't reason them away. <laughs> no, um, just believe. Okay, so then Jean began waking up screaming in the middle of the night, like every night. And when his parents would come and find him, he'd be on the bed, terrified, and his furniture would be overturned. <gasps> yeah. And when they were like, "What happened?" Because they heard like noises. Yeah. You know, and he would cry and say, "Robert did it." And that's the only response he ever gave. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he's four, so how's he yeah. flipping furniture over? Right. Um. So you could say that the child was just blaming him for stuff yeah. he's doing, or the doll was really cursed, you know? Yeah. But Robert didn't stop at just turning over the furniture. He would also mutilate Gene's other animals and other toys. He would, like... Pop their heads off and shit. Oh, my gosh. Like, he wanted to be number one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, the autos claimed that they could hear Robert giggle, and they would see glimpses of him running from the rooms. Oh, my gosh. Um, So, he would be in several rooms without anyone moving him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So... The Otto family and their friends and all the guests that would come over to their house claim that Robert's facial expressions would change depending on their conversation. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, and sometimes that they would even see him blink. And he had, like, little black eyes. Like, not... Not like, like the baby doll eyes that blink? Yeah, yeah. not those. <laughs> um, and then neighbors would say that they would see the doll moving from window to window when they weren't home. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it's not just like this family that's being like, oh, all this weird stuff happens. Like other people are seeing it too. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, with all the odd behavior and all the stories, Robert was locked up in the attic. Okay. No, that is not what you do to a demon doll. No. And the story goes that it was his aunt that actually put Robert in the box in the attic and she died that same night. (gasps) Yes. You know, she's probably haunting that place and been like, you made me put him in the fucking box and he killed me. Oh my gosh. Yes. So um, then when Robert was in the attic, a lot of the family servants would quit because they would hear Robert giggling all the time (gasps) and running around the attic. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so they were like, uh, no. Like, you know, because they were, a lot of them were uh, bohemian. So they really believed in... like, in, the voodoo and the... So they weren't 
messing around with that. Like, they know what's up. They're not reasoning anything. Yeah. They're like, "Uh, no, we'd rather not get a paycheck and keep our lives. Yes. So soon Jean got Robert back from the attic, though, because he had like that pull over him. Yeah. Kind of how like at the Sally house, it had pulls and. Yeah. You know, over. Over certain people. mm -hmm. It was totally crazy, totally unhealthy. And people were like, this boy Cray. It's like, I mean, a 13-year-old carrying around a baby doll. Yeah, I mean, I know yes. it's not a baby doll. It's like a life-size demon child. But, yes. I mean, like, what? just think about it. Like, what would you do if you were out to eat somewhere and you were like, oh, there's this middle schooler sitting here with this three-foot doll. Right. And, like, feeding him. I was going to say, sitting at the table next to us with its, like, they, that doll has its own place setting. Right. One, I'd be like, we're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> Doggy bag this shit. We're gone. Oh, my gosh. (sighs) But, okay. Down and dash. Yes. (laughs) So, eventually, the autos moved to France. Not really known why, Mm -hmm. but probably because they're now, you know, their son's being the weirdo and all of that. But So, they keep their mansion in Key West, just pack up all their stuff, move to France. Uh, But they leave Robert, the doll, in the attic in a box. Can we please have that kind of money to where we're like, (laughs) look, we're going to keep our our mansion in the States, but we're going to move to Europe. Yeah. Can we have that life? Right. Sans the creepy doll. Yeah, I don't want that. So in France, Jean actually became less awkward, more social, like a normal Good for boy. him. Yeah. He studied art and he met a woman named Anne and they actually got married. Oh, yeah. So he was, you know, thriving, like, mm, 30, flirty and thriving. <laughs> Where to God I was about to say that. <laughs> However, his parents died. And so he inherited the house. Oh, God. So he and his wife, Anne, moved back to Key West. Do you think he told her about the doll before they got married? I think he honestly had forgotten about the doll. You know, like, yeah, maybe it was like out of sight, out of mind. True. You know, for years. Push, push that back into the subconscious yes. so you don't have to deal with that. I'm sure his parents paid a lot of money for people to be like, it wasn't really real. Yes. You know, all that kind of stuff. But he rediscovered Robert in the attic when he opened that box and was like, oh, my gosh, this is my best friend. Yeah. And, like, it's all coming back to me. All these <laughs> things. You yeah. Know? It's like Toy Story, like a montage of yeah. the... You got a friend in me. Yes. <laughs> um, with some creepy ass music in the back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he moved him down from the attic because from the moment he saw Robert, Jean was, was drawn back in. Yes. Did it say if um Jean and his wife had kids or no? They did not. Okay. Well, I was wondering, like, did he, was he like, oh, well, kids. I mean, it didn't say they didn't have kids, but they didn't say they had kids. Yeah. You okay. know, so I don't think they did. I mean, even if they did, he would probably be like, this doll's mine, kids. Yeah. Stack away. up off it. Yeah. <laughs> this is mine. Well, one, he probably wouldn't say this doll. He'd probably been like, this is your uncle Robert. Robert. <laughs> you can call him Bob. <laughs> and then Robert's head would spin around and say, don't call me Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, Jean said that Robert wasn't happy in the attic and that he wanted to have a room of his own, but it had to have a view of the street. No. Mm-hmm. So he turned the turret room into his painting studio in Robert's room. Um, And the turret, I think is how you say it. It's basically a circular room on top of a fancy house that looked, it's like circles and it has um windows all around. 
It's like a tower, but has windows everywhere. You would know it if you see it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking <laughs> okay. it up. You're looking it up. But you yeah. see what I mean? It's like fancy house tower, but with windows everywhere. Yeah. I would picture it like, you know, in Mystic Pizza, when they're all in that, like, seaside place where it looks like it would have, like, lighthouses and yes, stuff. But yes, it's yes, yes. that. Yeah. I just think of that because they had that uh, telescope and yes. the dad that she was babysitting, babysitting for. for yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I feel like that was a turret or whatever. Yeah. Then made furniture to size for Robert, like a bed. A, oh, my yeah, God. A chair. All the works. Look, that is when you have too much fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can think of a lot of things to do with that kind of money. And right? making furniture for a three-foot doll is not one of them. Yes. And so he was totally infatuated with him again. And he would spend all his time in the room with Robert. I mean, it was his painting room, you know, so yeah. and he did art. But it was because Robert was there and Anne didn't like Robert, you know. So, I mean, because <laughs> it's a creepy-ass doll. And it's taken away from her time with her husband, yeah. While he's playing with a fucking doll. Yeah. So um, he would then carry Robert around like he had done before. So this is a grown ass oh, man. Oh my gosh. Like. Meanwhile, the older people in the town are like, oh my God, it's him again. Yeah. <laughs> Hide your kids. Hide your wife. It's Robert <laughs> and Jean. <laughs> <laughs> and so then neighborhood kids would say that they would see Robert moving window to window in the turret room. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, and that they would see him look at them and giggle while they were walking by. So many people have started to avoid the house, not walk that way because they were so scared that they would they were going to see him. Yeah. And they said that if he wasn't giggling, he would kind of have like a scowl on his face oh my god so one that you see this doll even if i saw just a doll sitting in, in a, a chair window. yes in a window well and you'd be like is that a doll is yeah that a person <laughs> yeah meanwhile it's both <laughs> right yes so Anne hated robert hated him and but she was scared of him too. yeah she said that she could overhear Jean talking to Robert all the time and sometimes begging Robert not to hurt him. <gasps> yeah. So, like, Robert liked Jean, but he also, like, hated him, too, it seemed. You know, like, he was just an evil soul. So, it's kind of like your guy, uh, you know, Dan Big D, Danny. Yeah. You know, like, loved this person, but also wanted to kill her. Yeah. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um. Just to bring it back over to Well, yours. and, like, I wonder if if it is real, then was – is that, like, how Robert got his power, though, is mm. from, like, pulling it from Gene? Yeah, probably. So, Gene started to insist that Robert be fed first because he was now the master of the house. I was about to say, he's the alpha dog now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, after a few years, Jean became abusive and would beat Anne. <gasps> At one point, he even locked her in the outhouse in the backyard for three days. Yeah. And when she got out. Sorry, I like didn't even have a reaction to that because my, my, <laughs> like, my jaw was on the floor. Like um, a doll is making him beat his wife and lock her in an out like this is in the early 1900s so you know that was nasty yeah and hot and nasty it's yes. in freaking key west florida you know that shit was hot yes pun intended <laughs> yes but again gene said he didn't do it robert did it 
you know? It was like Jean had been possessed by Robert, and instead of Robert being the doll, Jean was kind of his puppet and yeah. his toy. Yeah. So, Jean died in 1974. Uh, story goes that Jean was found dead in that special little room, oh the turret room, and Robert was there on top of him. <gasps> what they had said was that Robert was on him and his hands were around his neck. Oh, stop it. Yeah, so Anne moved and sold the house. Anne was like, deuces, I'm fucking out. Like, later. Robert was still in the trunk in the attic when she sold it. Oh my gosh. Yes. So, I found a story that said new owners had a 10-year-old daughter, and they found Robert the doll. doll. And she was like, oh, yay. Which, when you see this doll, you're going to be like, skirt, why were you delighted? But... (laughs) I mean, to each <laughs> to each their own, you know. <laughs> but she was happy and had a sailor boy. Oh, my gosh. You know? With Jean's clothes. Yes. <laughs> Little did she know. But she found out why Robert was special oh when God. the doll was trying to kill her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she said that she would wake up with Robert, like, sitting on the edge of her bed. Yes. And then it moved to him trying to suffocate her. So he would, like, be sitting on her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She said that it even tied up the family dog. (gasps) No. See, why Why? is it that, like, stories, you're like, okay, somebody was murdered. But the minute they kill a dog, you're like, they're terrible people. I know. Luckily, he didn't kill the dog. He just tied it up. Like, on a leash? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I I mean, I know it was bad, but. And uh, I couldn't find any name for this girl. You know, so I couldn't, like, make sure it's a fact or anything. But said it on several different sites, so I'm going to put it in here. Yeah. Eventually, a lady named Myrtle Reuter purchased the house and the doll was still there in the attic. <laughs> you totally say addict instead of attic. Oh my god! Just like, just like um, Georgia. Oh, my favorite murderer. She says addict too oh instead god. of addict. You, you really are her, and mm-hmm. I really am Karen. Yes, yeah, so we took a quiz, and I was Georgia, and I was like, oh, that's totally true. Duh. Yeah, they're. We lo- I love them. Me too. If you do not listen to my favorite murder, you should. Yes, go binge it. They have like 5,000 episodes. I was going to say, they've been going for like two years. They, I love that. Yeah. That, that podcast. They only do true crime though. So if you are here for the ghost story and the crazy stories. True. You know, whatever. But their stories are great. Yeah. And they're hilarious. Okay, so Myrtle said that she too could hear him walking around in the attic. Attic. In the attic. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Also, she said that he would move from different rooms without anyone moving him. And did it say, like, she didn't have a kid in the house? No, it was just her. Oh, my gosh. One plumber that was working there uh, said he heard giggling, and when he turned his head, he found Robert right there in the (gasps) room with him. And he was like, peace. You don't have to pay me. I'm I'm gone. Yeah. Um, You get your deposit back. Yes. There were several times that people said Robert's expressions would change to disdain if anyone negatively talked about Gene. (gasps) Whom he killed. Yeah. Um, But, you know, he loved him so much that he He wanted to be with him. Yeah. That's how this works. Yeah. That's how love works. Duh. Yeah. (laughs) That's why we haven't found it yet. Uh, We want to stay alive. (laughs) Yeah. We're not willing to die. There was some reporter, and I did not write down his name, but they were, like, touring the house because it is, like, a landmark because Gene was a famous artist. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't tell you that, but <laughs> he was. And so people were touring the house after he died. Uh, Yeah. So the reporter wrote that one person was saying that Gene was an old fool for believing in Robert, keeping this doll around if he was like that. And that's when... Uh, that's when Robert's face like turned angry <gasps> and they said that it changed and it was actively listening to them. The doll is alive. Oh my God. Yeah, he wrote that in a paper. I forgot to cite that. <laughs> but so someone else who was like a legit person. Yes. Said this, you know. So after owning the house for six years, uh, Myrtle moved. I'm sure she was like, peace on this. Yes. She donated Robert to the Fort East Martello Museum. Uh, and that was in 1994. What kind of museum is that? For creepy things? Basically. Okay. I'm like, because, uh, I mean, I, but, I mean, is it like a Smithsonian? Because that's weird. No, they have a lot of different things, but it's not like a creepy okay. Ripley's Believe It or Not. It's actually, like, I think with stuff around that area and stuff like that. Okay. You always ask me these questions I'm that sorry, I did not I'm research. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but, well, that just seems so weird. Like, here, let yeah. me donate this um, well, demon baby doll to a museum. <laughs> well, but he was famous because of gene being famous true, so true, true. people were like oh this is a doll that he would carry around true true that kind of thing so she told the staff that robert was haunted you know warned them and a side note is kind of like mm, dink. i don't know the fort east martello museum was built by gene otto <gasps> So it's like he's there with Gene still, you know, oh my like that gosh. connection. So when Robert was first in the museum, he was out just like everything else. But that didn't last because during his first year there, there were several times that staffers would walk into the museum and shit was ransacked. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, what? Nothing would be missing, but Robert's shoes would have a little dust on them and he'd be somewhere else. Oh my gosh. Yes. And oh, and they say that Robert would walk around at night so you could hear footsteps and there's no explanation for that because yeah. no one would be there. Except for the people hearing the footsteps. Well, on like camera and stuff. They, too, have sightings that Robert's expression would change in a blink of an eye of nothing. It's kind of like a smirk a little bit that's on his face, but that would either be happy or pissed. Oh, my gosh. So they moved him into a glass case. Some of them have said that it would sound like someone's tapping on the glass when they walk by. No. And when they turn to look, Robert's hand is against the glass. No, uh-uh. Nope, 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 <laughs> yes. nope, nope. I know. So um, he will also cause your electronics to malfunction. So people would try to develop film. All of it would be messed up or it will be blacked out. Oh, my God. Lose battery juice. You know, like yeah. m- like multiple things yeah. when ghosts do that. Or spirits, I should say. Here's a kicker, though. Uh, visitors to the museum are given advice on how to approach Robert. Speak to him in a polite way. Ask his permission to photograph him and treat him with respect. Oh, my God. And you're supposed to ask him, you know, like, can I take this picture? And if he agrees, he will tilt his head down some. What? Yes. Okay. So it's like a little nod to you that you can take his picture. Oh, my God. Right then I'd be like, uh, peace. Yeah, I don't (laughs) want to see him. (laughs) Thanks, but no thanks. Yes. 
If you don't think this is true, uh, the walls of Robert's display are littered with letters from people apologizing for their behavior when they visited him. What? Uh, They've claimed that they've encountered, you know, dreadful misfortune from accidents, death in the family, diseases. Um, Someone said that they were riding their bike from the place, had a flat tire out of the blue, flipped over and like broke their ankle and like scuffed up their chin and stuff. Oh my. Oh my gosh. Just crazy stuff. Yeah. You know, which could be a coincidence and it could be in your mind mm-hmm. and you could just be blaming Robert, but I mean, I wouldn't take my chance. Right. You know, there are over 1,000 letters in total. And the museum keeps and catalogs all of them for future reference. Oh, my God. So (laughs) I found several posts online where people are claiming that they've had these experiences. Um, I saw several posts where people claim that they've had these you know, accidents and everything. And people were also posting replies on there Mm -hmm. saying, I'm so sorry, Robert, for viewing your picture without your permission, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, "Uh, Robert, can I view your picture, please? Stop. (laughs) Because hello. So yeah, but I mean, it's like, well, I don't want to see his picture. (laughs) You keep that picture to yourself. (laughs) But so, so many people, and again, you know, some are whatever, but a lot of it is whoa, you know, and you see these people and they've handwritten these letters. It's not like an email. Like they've taken the time to write it, put that little stamp on there. And that's just so creepy. All I know is that if I go to that museum, I will definitely be respectful of Robert the doll. All I know is I'm not going to that damn museum. (laughs) Yes. And can you believe, though, like, he was the inspiration for Chucky? Yes. So it's like, you think of Chucky, and there's a real-life demon doll. That makes it even more scary. And, you know, I'm scared of Chucky anyway, because when I was younger, my mama and my oldest sister, Lori, they always decorated for every freaking holiday but they loved halloween so they had a chucky doll of course they did yes and his like little like rainbow bright shirt and his overalls yes like oh my gosh oh my gosh well um they would keep him and a few other decorations in uh like the central heat and air like that closet Mm -hmm. for the hvac system underneath there well that was in the hall to go to my brother's room yeah which is where you can play super nintendo so i was always there right but at night i would make him open his door first so i can go in and not have to sit there like stand there to open it yeah because i was scared that chucky Chucky was was gonna gonna grab my ankles Oh, my gosh. That is great. Oh, I hated that. And, like, sometimes my mom would make me get it out. Get it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd have to, like, crawl down there to Uh -uh. pick up the back. And I was like, oh, my God, his hand's going to touch me. Like, I'm going to die. Oh, my gosh. Finally, I was like, we're throwing that doll away. Yeah, that's so creepy. scary. So that's my story of Robert the doll. Oh, my. Can I see the picture now? Oh, yeah. I feel like I need to add, like, a I'm sorry, Robert. That I've viewed your picture without doing your thing, without asking you. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, he's creepy. With his little lion. Yes. And do you see all the... I see all the letters. letters. Yeah. <laughs> he is so creepy. And then he looks kind of like a monkey. Yeah, because it's like facial expression, like his facial... His face is like wood. Yeah, because it wasn't meant to be a doll. Well, and he had like different coloring because, I mean, he's like hundreds of years old. But can you think about that was Jean's sailor outfit? Yes. And also that he was going to be used for a clown. Now that I can see. (sighs) 
so creepy. That his hand. I don't. I like. I feel like I have no words. I know he is so creepy. And then like his reflection in the yes. like window thing behind it. Yes, is like oh my gosh. Like I would not want to take a picture of him. No, or anything. I, like because... I feel like I'm gonna die just looking at this picture. I know. And you have to drive home. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> That is so creepy. You're putting that in the show notes, right? Yeah. I hope we have set the mood for your Friday the 13th. Uh, I would say so. Yeah. If you weren't scared of it, if you didn't have that phobia. That nobody knows how to say. Yeah. (laughs) The pterodactyl phobia. (laughs) You have it now. Oh, my gosh. That those. Wow. Those are good stories. Check your walls. Check your dolls. Our advice to you is, one, write us a good review. (laughs) Two, don't walk under any ladders. Don't open any umbrellas inside. Watch out for um, black cats crossing your path. (laughs) Yes, definitely cross those out. Don't step on a crack. You'll break your mama's back. Mm -hmm, And she doesn't have insurance. (laughs) (laughs) If you know of any other urban legends or superstitious old wives tales that you think we should know about um, and you want us to maybe read, send it to us. Our email is aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And if you want to see the creepiest freaking doll <laughs> on the planet, go to our website at aparanormalchicks.com. And when you go to the website to look at that creepiest doll on the planet, go to um, show notes and then that can see all the pictures and stuff from all of the different episodes. Yes. And don't forget, we are on Twitter and Instagram Instagram as the APC podcast. Okay, so we have two things on Facebook, our normal page that will have notifications and show notes linked there. And that's at a paranormal chicks. And then we have a closed group where you can be your true self and no one else can see it but people like you. Yes, no judgment on your love of true crime or the paranormal or nobody telling you, oh, that's not real. Yeah, this is Friday the 13th. Now, don't Don't get get scared. scared.